You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, it's Freestyle Friday, and I am Glenda Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Ashley Winch in Kansas City, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on Horse Radio Network for Friday, January 5th, episode 3,337. This episode is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. Good morning, horse world. It's Friday, and another weekend of riding is a few short hours away. Jamie and Glenn are here to help you make it through the day with some fun guests and some really bad ads. Enjoy the show. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. As you heard, Jamie is off. Uh, most of you that heard Wednesday's show know that she was in Florida helping out with uh, her mother and her family situation, and she'll be she's still doing that, and we'll be heading back tomorrow, so she'll be back on the show on Monday. Ashley, thank you for filling in on short notice. Appreciate that. Always, anytime. And today we have a fun show planned for you. Uh, Kate Anderson, founder of the Center for Retired Racehorse Retraining, is joining us. They do things a little bit differently, and she's been running an experiment where she's been turning retired race uh, racehorses, thoroughbreds, out on her 2,500-acre farm and have, has observed some interesting things as a result of that. So we're going to talk to her about that. Also, my first horses in history for the year is going to talk about poop. Yes, the manure problem of 1894. I have, you're going to, I think you're going to like this one, actually. I think Jamie would have hated it, but I think you're going to love it. So that's coming up. And we have some really bad ads. Plus, in the Auditor Post show, Ashley and I are going to geek out a little bit discussing podcasting in a recent survey that was put out about podcasting. Plus, we have PodFest coming up in what, two weeks? I think, I, yeah, yeah. Two, I don't know. My outfits are pulled. I'm ready. Oh, good. <laughs> You're way ahead of me. I, <laughs> I'm doing talks and haven't even prepared for those yet. So <laughs> I got I to gotta get on that. But yeah, so we're going to be doing that later on in the Auditor Post Show. But first, uh, I wanted to mention, well, you know, it's the beginning of the year. And as you all know that listen to this show for a long time, Jamie and I do not do resolutions because we never follow them up anyway. I usually forget what they are the day after. But uh, Forbes Health surveyed 1,000 adults and uh, did this for 2024. And as usual, these are the top ones that people responded to in the survey. 48% of people having a resolution to improve their what? What's always the top one? Their their waistline. Yes, health and fitness. (laughs) Always the top one and always the one people never do. Uh, 38% they would like to improve their finances. I would have thought that would have been 100% because doesn't everybody want to improve their finances? Yeah, I would like to see the data. Yeah. This is weird. Yeah. 36% said they want to improve their mental health. Again, who doesn't want to improve their mental health? And 34% they would like to lose weight. Well, again. You know, Doesn't I think that that's fall more, into the other one? I think this is almost like 100% of all of these everybody would like to do. <laughs> um, so their resolutions also included the usual ones, quit smoking, uh, make time for hobbies, improve work-life balance. You know, work-life balance was not a term 
until 10 years ago, I think. Yeah, um, and I would say it even didn't get more popular till around COVID time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And meditating regularly. Now, that's something that would have never been on my list because with my ADD, meditating is just disastrous. <laughs> I, I can't, you know, I can't sit still that long. My mind goes places where it shouldn't go and then I'm out, you know, then it's like, I got to See, do you're the, the primo person to try to I know. meditate. I know. And I have tried it on occasion because I do yoga, believe it or not, uh, here at the house. I never would go in public and do it, but <laughs> I do it here at the house because, I, but that's mostly for stretching and exercise. It's not for meditating for me, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just to, you know, to stay somewhat, Move a little. Yeah, right. somewhat flexible in my 60s. Um, but yeah, I would, I, could, I can't do it. Uh, do you meditate? I do. Yeah. I, I, I do. I practice mantras and, and Zach and I actually do yoga as well at home. We do videos on our, um, theater screen and we do a, we'll do yoga videos That's quite what often. I, do. I follow yeah, the video. Yeah. It just feels nice. Not like I'm not doing it hardcore, like trying to get a six pack. I'm, I'm also just doing the stretching, relaxing and breathing exercises, that kind of thing. I've never graduated off the beginner video. And that's from about four years ago. So I've I've done the hot yoga. <laughs> I've done the the yin yoga where you hold the poses for an ungodly amount of time. The hot yoga was one of the worst experiences of my life. Uh, I was dragged <laughs> to it by someone I thought was a dear friend. Um, and after the class, I took my sweat rag and threw it at her face. <laughs> And I said, how could you ever do that to me? Never again. And like, God bless anybody out there doing the hot yoga. Sweat for me, sister. I'm not doing it. I was done with that. I wrestled in high school and I was, I sucked, by the way. I was a terrible wrestler. But <laughs> I wrestled in high school and you always had to lose weight. I mean, you're always oh, trying yeah. to get down the next weight. So I did a lot of hot, sweaty stuff. And I never again, never again, never again am I laying under a mat trying to lose weight. <laughs> Um, so about 45% of the people said they would be setting three resolutions for 2024 and the age group most likely to set resolutions. And this has never changed 19 to 34 year olds, because after you're 35, you don't give a crap anymore and you're not setting resolutions. I so, was just going to yeah, say, I'm, just... I've never been more grateful to be out of that age group. <laughs> now, like... Forbes stated that most people keep their resolutions two to three months, which is actually longer than I thought before they ditch them with only one percent percent of those who set resolutions making it 12 months. Wow. I mean, 1%. 1%. Why bother? <laughs> 1%. Why I, bother? <laughs> which I thought was crazy. I thought that that was uh that was lower than I thought it would be. I thought at least maybe 5%. 5. Yeah, it. for sure. I've only set one resolution in my life and I did make it. So for once I'm a 1%er and I think this was like a decade ago. And because I like to think I'm a successful gal. My only resolution I ever made was to drink more water. Oh, there you and go. To this day, I'm still chug-a-luggin'. So there we go. And boy, that we've done studies show, as you know, for many, many years. And it, it's, it's water is one of those things. Drink more water, too much water is not good for you. We've had so many studies that contradict water, coffee, alcohol. All of it. <laughs> All of it. You do something different, though. You don't do resolutions, but you do something different you were telling me about yesterday. I do. Yeah. So, you know, as as these statistics show us, uh, resolutions are for the birds. Um, but I, I do think that there is something magical in a fresh slate. 
And so what I started doing a few years ago is uh, I, I choose a word to carry into the new year. Um, last year, my word for 2023 was grace. And I focused on having more grace with myself and grace with other people. Um, and, and that's, you know, when I'm struggling with a relationship or, or in a, a sticky situation, it, it's just a, a way to balance my, my mind and my heart and have a, a way forward. And so for 2024, my, my words, I broke my own rule because I made them anyway, so I can do that. Uh, I have two words and my words for 2024 are positivity and patience. And I know a lot of people listening are going to be like, Ashley, you're super positive. Anyway, if you get more positive, I'm not going to be able to listen to you on a podcast anymore. And you know, it's, it's positivity and application. So it's just, uh, I don't know. It makes a lot of sense for me. And there's no goal hitting, you know, there's no winning or losing as you do with a resolution. It's just kind of a mantra. So yeah, that's you, you find yourself in situations and then you think of those words and go, exactly. Okay, how do I do the situation differently to match that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I get it. I mean, I get that. And I, you know, that, and that's just self-improvement, right? I mean, something that we all try and do. Well, we, we, most of us try and do for, over a long period of time. <laughs> but yeah, I love that. And last Thank year, you. interesting, Grace was your one last year. And you had some, you know, you had some difficult times. You you left a job and then immediately got another one here. Yeah. Um, you had, you put that to the test last year. I did. And, and I think like most of us out there, especially, you know, as horse folks, we are our own har harshest critics. You know, um, my mom and I used to joke when I'd come out of the ring, she I wouldn't allow her to say good job because all I would do is, well, I missed this stride or I didn't get the extension on the diagonal. So our joke was, well, you did terrible. And I'd say, thanks, mom. I know. <laughs> and so, you know, Having grace with yourself, um, it allowed me to really be kinder to myself. And and I, I did find a lot of uh, space in grace. <laughs> I like I love that. Well, very good. Let's uh let's grace somebody with some happy birthdays. We have a couple of birthdays uh, for this weekend for our auditors. We we love giving for new listeners. Our auditors are super fans. They contribute uh, as little as $3 a month to be part of the super fan community. We have a Facebook group that is highly entertaining and also the, one of the most positive groups you're going to be at. They are truly a family in there. And if you want to be part of that, just go to horseradionetwork.com, scroll down, and, and click on the auditor banner. But we have two birthdays this weekend, Lisa Nilsson and Chantel Gilliland. So happy birthday to both of you. And now, also, we had a late entry Jennifer found on our voicemail line for Radiothon, and it was too funny not to share. Now, remember, last year's Radiothon theme was uh, Your Biggest Christmas Fails. And Robin sent one in, and I didn't want to miss it, so I'm going to play that for you now before we get to your Daily Winnie. Hi guys, this is Robin from Northern California. When I was a kid, our family dog Lulu went everywhere with us. One Christmas, we stayed in town with my grandparents for Christmas Eve, so Lulu, the gifts, and all of the Christmas cookies came with us. 
After our Santa gifts and family gifts were done on Christmas morning, we all went to my aunt and uncle's for an extended family breakfast. When we got back to my grandparents, there was not a cookie in sight, and they were left on the kitchen table when we left. So we knew she couldn't have eaten all of them, but we only found a few tucked behind the curtains. Several years later, when my grandparents were moving, they found Christmas cookies stuffed behind all of the bookshelves, and a few were found in the very back of the guest room closet. Lulu was a very sneaky girl. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> my greyhound would have eaten them all. There would have oh, been nothing. Lulu. <laughs> she was just trying to plan a holiday scavenger hunt. She was a squirrel at heart. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Did you see, Glenn, by chance, the uh, over the holiday break, there was a three-year-old, I think it was in North Carolina, who woke up and opened everybody's presents under the tree. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I said, that is something that I would do, or if uh, we ever have a kid, that would happen to us. It was hysterical. <laughs> Everybody's gifts were open. Merry Christmas. And the kid went back to bed. Oh, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) It's tiring open all of those gifts. Winnie is going to one of our newest auditors. Her name is Claire Runoffson. And for those of you who don't know, whenever we get a new auditor, Glenn reaches out and says like, hi, how are you? We're happy to have you. And finds out a little bit about each of you. And one of the questions Glenn asks is what some of their favorite shows are. And uh, Claire made my year five days in. I'm done. I'm just going to you know, close my inbox and this podcast now. We're good. She mentioned sleep stories was one of her favorites. And I, I mean, I was so excited. I told my husband the minute he got home yesterday. <laughs> you have a fan. I have a fan. You know, just you have one. thousands of downloads, right? <laughs> I, she just keeps listening to it on repeat. Oh, okay. Claire, Claire's a really one. good friend like that. Um, so thank you, Claire. Welcome to the auditor group. It is the horsiest place on earth. And we're so happy you're here and if you've not started to listen to it yet uh ashley does a good job with sleep stories for equestrians she's reading what book now we're doing stormy misty's full and actually i will let's see the end of january we will end that book and i was just working on selecting our next read which because i love you guys i will let you know we're going to take a step back from the fictional tales and we're going to focus on a book called horses and their ancestors written in 1954 so we're going to take it a little bit a little bit sciency but it's still very uh, lighthearted well, that should put and you to sleep exactly exactly so and and if you are starting this you want to check it out it is meant to help you go to sleep and we've heard from many listeners that it really works and i tried it one night people too your your husband uses it so i mean (laughs) of course you put him to sleep most times so he doesn't listen to me any other than this podcast (laughs) i'm gonna start putting messages in there like ashley wants a chanel bag So we'll, uh, if you want to listen to it, though, go back to episode one. Listen from the beginning. Yes, it's serialized. Yeah. So you want to start at episode one. And once we start the next season, it'll be written out uh, season two, episode one. So you can always find where the, the first episode is of a new book. And you don't have to go to sleep to it. You can just listen to the book, too. I mean, that's the other thing. You know, a lot of people are doing that. They're listening to the book and uh, not using it for sleep. But you can do it either way. So it's up Absolutely. to you Absolutely. Let's talk about manure. Okay. My <laughs> everybody's favorite subject, apparently, from before the break, our, uh, 
all of our poop talk was yes. a big hit. <laughs> was a big hit. Well, I have my first horses in history of 2024, and I have titled this The Manure of 1894. So we joked all the time on this show about how the medieval and Victorian era is romanticized. Look, I worked a Ren Fair, so I did a medieval feast for 10 years. I owned an acting company. And Ren Fairs are the perfect example of this. You know, you go to a Ren Fair and everybody's all dolled up in their costumes and all that stuff. When in and reality, clean. and clean and don't smell bad. <laughs> and when in reality, it would have been mud and dirt and you would smell really bad because you would only bathe once or twice a year. Deodorant wasn't invented uh, yet, folks. And the food is hanging out, you know, the chickens are hanging there in the air and the sunshine. I just would, it would have been a whole different sensory experience than we <laughs> experience now in our kind of, you know, cleanly way of doing this. So, and we really do romanticize it in movies and, and in person and in places like the Ren Fair. So when you go back and look at history, though, you see cities like in the 1800s and you see them in, even those in movies. It's pretty carriages and lovely riders at fruits and vegetable stands and lovely ladies in their big dresses and guys all dressed up in their suits. When in fact, it was a freaking mess in cities. You know, so you have to keep in mind, the roads that were paved were cobblestone for the most part, or they weren't paved at all. They were just dirt. So it, right now, the farm we bought is on a sand, hard-packed road. It's not even paved. Mm -hmm. uh, so when it rained, it was a slippery, muddy mess, even on the cobblestone roads. So let's talk about New York City in 1894. There were approximately a hundred, and by the way, for for anybody under 40, 1894, there were no cars yet. Okay, so <laughs> this is still horse time. Um, so there was approximately 150,000 horses that lived in the city of three and a half million people. Oh my gosh, I can't even <clears throat> picture that. I know. The horses were lived in the city as well, uh, and they were the mode of transportation for everything. They were your cars, your taxis, your trucks, your pickup trucks. They hauled all the all this, you know, everything that needed hauled was hauled by right. horses, right? Right. Uh, so, the, and they lived in small stables scattered throughout the city and suburbs, as well as large stables. Department stores had large stables of horses. Police departments, fire departments, street cars, railroad cars, express companies all had these large stables of horses. So you had all these little stables with people who are rich enough to afford their own horse, and then all these businesses that had horses. So there were just a lot of horses. And of course, horses eat a lot, and they poop a lot. So if you figure 150,000 horses in New York City, and they each poop 15 to 30 pounds of manure produced daily, which we all know very well, mm -hmm. that resulted in more than, get this, 3 million pounds of horse manure per day. Per day? per day. Also, 40,000 gallons of urine. <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> so now imagine that all over the streets, in addition to, you know, the humans not being all that cleanly. Just think about a puddle. Mm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so the cities really smelled bad. I mean, here's a quote from the newspaper, one of the New York newspapers of the time. And it said, urban streets were minefields that needed to be navigated with the greatest care. Crossing sweepers stood on street corners. And for a fee, they would clear the path along the mire for pedestrians. So basically, they would sweep Talk the poop. Talk about a crappy job. <laughs> they would sweep the poop <laughs> out of the way. Wet weather turned in the streets into swamps and rivers of muck, but dry weather brought little improvement. The manure turned to dust, which was then whipped up by the wind, choking pedestrians and coating buildings. 
Oh my gosh. All I'm thinking about is my pores. <laughs> you oh didn't have gosh. pores. They were full. <laughs> so, in the early 1800s, they had street sweepers that would collect the manure into carts and sell it to farmers outside the city. But then by the late 1800s, when cities became more populated and there were more horses, they had so much manure that nobody was buying it anymore, right? So they didn't need it. So what they would do, it, where there were vacant lots in the cities, they would pile the manure on the vacant lots. And sometimes the piles rose 40 to 60 feet high. I'm so confused. That's very dangerous. Imagine your house next to the manure farm. <laughs> so. It's like a, it was the first uh, high ride. Yeah. Imagine the flies. Oh, my God. Can oh, you... God. So this was a problem. It was a serious problem. The breeding flies caused disease, right? Right. And they had deadly outbreaks of typhoid and infant diarrheal diseases and things like that that can be traced to spikes in the fly populations in the cities in the late 1800s. So while there were, you know, fly-borne diseases that were very harmful to horses, estimated there were 15,000 horses that died from horse distemper in 1894. And that caused swelling until horses died. So I mean, there were all these other diseases that happened to people and horses as a result of the flies. But I don't think they quite knew that was what sure. was causing it at the time. Right. So a lecture was given in 1894 that said the city of Rochester, New York, had 16 billion flies from the manure that was produced by 15,000 horses. So imagine this is only... giving me nightmares. I know. <laughs> I'm doing this just because you guys gross me out so much with all of your stuff. <laughs> This is my way of getting back at you. <laughs> my word for night for 2024, like your words were what again? Patience, positivity, and, and patience. Mine is revenge for all of you <laughs> grossing me out over the last 14 years. Glenn's entering <laughs> his villain era. That's right. You're getting all grumpy. So the other thing you've seen the the houses in New York uh, when you get out of you know Manhattan, you see all the townhouses have have cement staircases that go up like mm -hmm. six eight feet. Which is unusual, right? And you think, why was that done? Well, part of the reasons they built houses that way was because of the sea of muck and manure. <gasps> so you would have steps to get into your house. That way you weren't walking right into your house. It wasn't a, it, most houses in New York are not on ground level. They're, they're raised. That's, I had uh, no idea that was the reason why. There you go. <laughs> oh, that's so gross. Here in 18, I'm here to gross you out then this Friday. <laughs> Am I doing good? Yeah. 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 Okay, good. The situation was so bad that in 1898, New York Mayor George Waring organized the first International Congress on Urban Planning, and the the star theme was manure, how to deal with manure. And it was the first environmental summit in history. It was attended by representatives from other cities to develop ideas on how to resolve the issue. Pa pa <laughs> the problem was it was supposed to be a 10-day conference. They had so few ideas on how to solve it that they quit after the third day and all went home. They just said, well, yep. crap. <laughs> Shit happens. <laughs> uh, measures were put into place, though. Aside from staircases to access buildings, sewage infrastructure was improved, and the first streetcar lines appeared in the late 1800s. Now, they were horse-drawn, but they could carry more people at a time. Mm. So public transport was encouraged, and street cleaning crews, get this, known as white wings because of their white uniforms were established. How did they keep those white? Why did they pick white? <laughs> any, any horse person listening to this podcast is going to say red flag. 
Exactly. So, but they sent these crews out to do better job of cleaning up the streets. So that's what. And then what ultimately fixed the problem? Cars. Electric cars started to come out in the late 1800s, like 1890s to early 1900s, and it was cars that ultimately fixed the problem. Now, it created smog and other problems, but at least the poop problem was solved. So there you go. There is a little bit of the history and what I am calling the manure of 1894. Are you all grossed out now? I feel like I need to shower. <laughs> Good. My, <laughs> my word, revenge, is working. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say the word had to be a positive or. I didn't. No, that's, that's your prerogative. No, that's man. correct. That's right. I'm self. getting all of you back for all those years you've grossed me out with your horse <laughs> pictures of cut open boo boos and sores <laughs> and diseases. All those years of you guys grossing me out, I get revenge. This horse husband is getting revenge in 2024. <laughs> Look out! There's more poop coming. We're even going to have a poop week this year. Oh, buckle up, folks. It's, you asked for it. Honestly, this that came out of the auditor room. Yes. So careful well, there's shark you week. I think we need to do poop week. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it fits our brand better. <laughs> well, and I'm sure Kentucky Performance Products is very happy to sponsor this episode after that. Uh, so let's hear from them. They also deal with poop with many of their products, actually. So let's go to them now. And then we're coming back to talk a little bit more positively about an experiment that's been done by Kate Anderson of the Center for Retired Racehorse Retraining. This Nutritional Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. Biotin is a B vitamin and has become commonplace in feed rooms across the world because of its reputation as an effective hoof supplement. An interesting fact that was discovered by researchers looking at biotin's impact on hoof quality was that horses with normal blood levels of biotin still had poor quality hoof horn, and that despite normal blood levels, horses responded to high doses of biotin given orally. This tells us that unhealthy hooves are not necessarily a result of a deficiency. Over the years, multiple other studies have found a statistically significant improvement in overall hoof condition when horses are supplemented with at least 20 milligrams of biotin per day. Researchers found that if improvement in hoof quality was seen within 8 to 15 months of supplementation, the horse would need to remain on biotin the rest of its life to maintain that improvement. Other nutrients such as zinc, methionine, and iodine can also affect hoof quality. A well-balanced hoof supplement will contain all of these nutrients in addition to the 20 milligrams of biotin per serving. When you're looking for an affordable, effective hoof supplement, we recommend Caraform Hoof and Coat Supplement. If you want a show ring shine and strong, healthy hooves, you can count on Caraform. You can learn more about Caraform at kppusa.com. Got questions about your feeding program? We can help. Email Karen at questions at kppusa.com or call us at 859-873-2974. Well, hi, Kate. Thanks for joining us this morning. I'm so excited to talk to you. Yes, thank you for having me. So on this show, because of Jamie, we talk a lot about retired thoroughbreds and training them and adopting them out and all of that. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you do at the Center for Retired Racehorse Retraining and where are you at? We are located in southeast Wyoming, so just a little bit north of Cheyenne. So in the warm, balmy temperatures of southeast Wyoming. Exactly. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you guys do? 
Um, we do rehabilitation, retirement, and retraining. Um, our original focus was on retraining, but over the years, we've shifted a bit more to rehab and retirement. But we do still rehome right around 15 a year. What caught our attention was, uh, I don't know if it was an article or something we saw, that you've you've been turning a lot some of your thoroughbreds out on 2,500 acre, acres of Wyoming territory for a while, and you've seen some amazing things, and that's really what caught our attention. Can you talk to us about that? Yes. We started turning horses out on our 2,500-acre ranch um, about eight years ago. And originally, it was just a spot to put our personal horses and some of our younger horses to grow up. And we noticed amazing changes in their feet and in their general condition. So we started to push more horses out there over the years. And now we're currently running close to 80 head up here. Wow. And we're noting we're noticing just phenomenal changes in their feet, their general dispositions, their, their body condition. Um and even some neurological changes. It's It's been phenomenal. So some of the horses with severe hoof issues, we've been able to rehabilitate um, on the 2,500 acres. Feet? Are they becoming stronger? What are you seeing with them? Uh, they're both becoming stronger. Um, we're, we're seeing lower instances of abscessing. So if we have a horse with a lot of subsolar abscessing, we can turn them out and they resolve both faster and better, so much harder soles, more concavity, uh, their angles are correcting themselves. It's It's been phenomenal. I was going to ask if you're doing anything, if you're doing any trimming at all, or are they just self-trimming? I, it's a combination. So if we have a horse coming in with severe issues, we'll look at them every four weeks. Um, but it's usually minor adjustments, you know, bringing the toe back a little bit or minor balancing. And the horses that live here longer... They're trimmed, or we look at them, maybe once a year, every couple of years. So it's mostly self-trim once they're established. And you, you also mentioned general soundness. Is that because they're getting more exercise? What, what, what's causing that, do you think? It's a good question, um, which is why we're delving more into research now. Um, my guess is it's a combination of a lot of movement. We're estimating about 20 to 30 miles a day on these guys. Mm. And a diet. What is their diet? Prairie grass. That's Just it, huh? prairie grass. That's it. We, we don't supplement. If we have a horse that loses a lot of weight or is having some extra issues, we'll bring them in. But they still maintain on prairie grass bales. What do you do in the winter? You, I, I joked earlier about how warm and sunny it is all there all year. <laughs> but you probably are under snow for, for most of the winter. So what do you do? Do you supplement with hay? We will if we need to. Uh, this winter, we were blessed with a lot of rain, so they're just grazing. Um, if they start to become a little bit leaner than we like to see, we will bring them in. And they we have a handful, I think five, on some prairie grass bales just for some extra calories. But we will hay if we need to. Okay, so this is so funny because we've done this show for 14 years. And for 14 years, we've joked about the fact that our horses that live in our paddocks, you know, big and small – can hurt themselves doing the stupidest things. And one of the things we've always joked about is how do any Mustangs or wild horses live at all? 
because they're out there doing it without our help. And with our help, they tend to want to kill themselves. So here you're proving that without our help, they're actually better off. Yes, that's what we've seen. <laughs> Just, it's so bizarre, isn't it, though, when you think about it? It's a, it's amazing. And, you know, we tell people do do less, you know, try try less hard with your horse and the outcome might be better. So we, we do very little with these guys and they do great. We That's just so check them and make for sure us humans to do though. That is so hard because we want to fix and coddle everything. Yes, we do. Yeah. But that's uh, this is so. That's why I found this so interesting. Is is what you found here? What is there a negative you found? Well, first of all, before we get to that, we have had a lot of discussion this past year with listeners, and this is a divided thing. This is half and half. This is Republican mm-hmm. Democrat, um, and that is turning mares and geldings out together. There's the group that won't turn them out at all together, and then there's the group that turn them out and say, "Oh, it's no problem. They never cause issues." What do you guys do? Uh, it is a mixed herd. Okay. Um, they have enough space that they can split into herds. So the horses that we have up here right now are living in about six different herds and, and they each have their horses? areas. Okay. So yeah, right around 15, maybe in a herd. Yeah, it will. No, no. Okay. So we, we have two herds of six, one herd of 35, wow. and then we've got a couple of herds, one with four, a couple of six. It, it varies a lot depending on who we have and how they get along. Okay. And so what fascinates me is there the herd of 35. Is that mostly one gender? No, no. it is not. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That must be, this must be so fun for you to watch. Oh, it, it's fantastic. We've learned I, I so much. I think this would be a great reality show for horse people. Like I have to imagine they all have personalities and this one hates that one. Like I'm just seeing a Bravo show and I, I mean, I'd watch it. <laughs> it would be entertaining. Housewives of, of the Prairie of Wyoming. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so what are the things have you noticed? What are the things that uh, that surprised you the most about this? Uh, I think the change in their uh, metabolism. And so by the that, first, you mean what? How, how well they keep. Okay. So the first year, some of them are a little bit harder keepers. And the the whole herd goes through seasonal changes. You know, we don't let them get skinny, but they do change their weight. So in the spring, they're very full and they, they're fat. And then in the summer, they're a little bit leaner. In the fall, they put on a lot of weight. And then in the winter, they're leaner. And the horses that are here in their first year tend to be a lot leaner than the others. But that's and again, true we don't let them... that you get in anyway off the track. I mean, you're going to have that it problem is. for a year anyway, whether you're doing it your way or they're living in a barn, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's very true. And right around that year mark, um, they, they all maintain much fuller. So their top lines are better. Their hair coats are healthier. Um, they just seem to self-maintain very well. Do you find that because they have room... Obviously, we put our horses out, and they. I have. We have two. We have two geldings. I have my little hackney pony, and then my wife has a almost seventeen hand thoroughbred. And guess who rules that roost? Um, and they can't <laughs> seem to get along. They act just like my brothers and I did. It was. Ju- they're just like that. D- because they have so much space, when those quarrels come up, they just they they can just vacate, right? They just leave. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now that being said, we do have geldings that will sometimes fight for bands of mares. And they never fight like stallions. They bicker a little bit. 
Mm. Um, but they do steal mares from each other and mimic some of that stallion behavior. Interesting. But yeah, but they have so much room. It, it's it's very minimal. Do you have any herds where the where the mares rule the herd? No, or is it always the geldings. The geldings lead the way, and there's usually one mare who who helps. The only exception is we do have one herd of six that's entirely mares. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. They're the old maids out there by themselves. Don't have anything to do with men. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we had enough of them. <laughs> yep, they they pieced out and they did their own thing. <laughs> you know, through this conversation, I have to agree with with Glenn. It's just it's also counterintuitive. In my own experience with a um a OTTB, you know, his feet were terrible. For the, the decade I had him, we did every kind of shoeing, every kind of supplement, everything you can think of. And the fact that you're telling me, they just, oh, yeah, we check on him once a year. I, my mind is just absolutely blown. Are you finding <laughs> that they're, because of the prairie grass, I mean, they're they're getting their nutrients that they need from, from the natural environment that they're in? That... Excuse me, that would be my expectation. So when we looked at the water, it was higher in copper and zinc, um, which, which of course, is good. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think they're getting what they need from the prairie grass is, is brown and dry and ugly as it looks. Well, you know what's interesting about the water, too? You just mentioned that. What, you know, we all try and keep our water buckets absolutely clean and blah, blah, blah. Yet our horses, if they come, we're out trail riding or whatever, and they come to the muckiest hole you've ever seen of water they'll drink that down quicker than they do the fresh water we give them so you're right about they're getting some nutrients from that what Mm -hmm. feral water you know uh which i never thought about before they they are and of course all of ours are well or natural springs so So i think there's quite a component yeah yes wow 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 interesting this is fascinating i'm so glad we we got to talk to you about this how do you what are you doing now? You said you're going to start to study it more scientifically. What are you going to do to do that? Um, we are starting to design some studies and, you know, seeking help from from vets and some researchers. And our, our goal is to look at hoof hardness and the changes in their angles and trying to start quantifying the changes that we're seeing. Right. Which makes sense. And, and is that obviously is going to be a couple year thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it'll be an ongoing thing. Well, this is interesting because it's done with thoroughbreds. You know, we've seen this. Obviously, you can you can study this, and many studies have been done about the mustangs and other wild horses. Um, but this these horses were not wild before they came to you, and then were turned out. So that makes yes. it a whole different ball game. It does, and they're notoriously, you know, you know they have bad feet. So it, it should be very interesting. Terrific. I love this. I think it's great. I hope we can get you back on another year and we'll talk about what changes you've seen over that year. Before we go on, though, do you have a favorite adoption story? One that you go, okay, this was this was something special. Oh, gosh, we've had a lot. Um, I think one of our favorite is this gelding that went on to be a, a little kid's horse, and he's actually ranching in Utah. Okay. Yeah. You don't yeah, you, he was you don't think about him for little kids usually, but No, but quite a few of ours have gone on to be little kids' horses and it's it's wonderful. I love seeing it. 
Terrific. That, that's fascinating. I have to imagine, you know, being out like that is just so rehabilitative for their minds as well. Um, fascinating, truly, especially with OTTBs. Like the, my mind is just absolutely blown by this. Yeah, they become much more settled horses. They're very, they're all very quiet, very, you know, comfortable in themselves. What's your website? Where can people find out more about what you do? Yes, it is wyomingottb.org. And you always have horses up for adoption? We do. Okay. And I noticed you're certified in the whole thing. You're you're a legit adoption uh, agency. Yes. Yes, we are accredited with the Thoroughbred Aftercare Alliance. Yeah. We always look for that. As a matter of fact, we don't have them on unless they are, you know. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, because, you know, there's so many out there. But I, I'm so glad we got to talk to you, Kate. Thank you for joining us today and good luck with the ponies. Yes, thank you so much. It was good talking with you. All right, bye-bye. For first-time horse owners and new riders, finding the information and support you need can be challenging. That's why Equine Network has partnered with Sentinel and Absorbing to bring you My New Horse. From important horsekeeping information and how-to videos to social media communities, exclusive experiences, and more, My New Horse is your one-stop shop for riders of all levels and disciplines looking for easy-to-understand horse care information and guidance. Start your horse ownership journey today. Visit MyNewHorse.com. If you ain't met one by now, you're bound to sooner or later. He says one thing and he means another, but... He can't help it. He's a horse trader. Horse trading. Well, it's a laissez-faire. Let the buyer beware. Horse trading. They tell a low-down lie with a sincere stare. Horse trading. Well, if they're talking in circles and the deal ain't square, he's a master in the fine art of persuading. Horse trading. That's right. It is that time of the week when we do some bad ads. These are ads that are sent in by our listeners, and they're usually found on Craigslist or Facebook, and we just have a little bit of fun with them. They're usually about horses of the barn or something to do with farming. And we we have prizes every month, but we don't have the new ones yet for this month. But anybody that's submitted is entered for the prizes when we finally get them up. So as soon as we get those in, we'll let you know. And uh, I just wanted to also mention that Jennifer, who you send the ads to, Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com, said, don't put links to Facebook ads because if she's not subscribed to that group, she can't get the ad. Or if the ad is taken down, then she can't get the ad. So if you're not hearing yours coming in, it's partly it, partly it is because you've sent a link and then she can't get to it. So it's better to take a screenshot and send her the screenshot. And you want to do that at Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Now, we don't get to all of them, or you submitted one that she couldn't get to. And that's true of Craigslist, too, by the way. Um, so we also had Zoe, Andrea, Jenny, and Lisa sent ones that we aren't going to get to today. You have the first one. Yeehaw. Okay. <laughs> the first one comes from Melinda, and this is from Ohio's Cheap or Free Horses Facebook page. Wait a minute. Try they it. put oh. sheep and free horses together? <laughs> it cheap or free. You know, a dollar or none. Negotiable, I'm thinking. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I thought you said sheep at first. It was like they put sheep and horses together? Cheap. Cheap. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. Trying this again. 500 OBO. 19-year-old Tennessee Walker. She is an 
expert trail horse. She is sound. She stands for farrier and vet ties, trailers, crosses roads and water. No vices other than Christmas blowups. Recommended for non-holiday riding only. If Jamie were here, we could send her over to Jamie's house with that minion. I wonder. I wonder how many horses this year had problems with all the blowups that are. I I see a big training opportunity here, guys. And I don't have a farm, so for you know, you guys take it. Just buy the blowups after Christmas when they go on sale, and you can do a whole desensitizing program around the Christmas blow. I am telling you, next year if we're in our new farm, I am getting the Clydesdale blow up. It's going to be out by our gate, and it's gonna, I'm going to have the Clydesdale blow up next year. Poor Scooter. Oh, Scooter will tack it. He'll think it's he'll think it's a friend. He'll bite its butt. <laughs> Scooter's one of those horses that he's terrified of natural things. Like if he, if we're if I'm out driving him along the road and there's a wood beside the road and he hears rustling in the woods that'll freak him out but i literally drove him by a street sweeper one day with it going you know how loud and yeah. scary they are no he wanted to go over and say hi to it he walked <laughs> toward it he <laughs> loves equipment he loves construction equipment anything to do with that's made by a human he doesn't mind it's the natural stuff that gets scooter it's so weird well, it's a good thing he's not getting turned out on the 2,500 yeah, yeah, acres. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't survive. He wouldn't survive. He would be worse off. And Andy, he'd be in all the groups causing trouble. He'd just go from group to group to cause oh, trouble. Oh, yeah, and not even to steal a mare, just no. to piss everybody yeah, off. That's right, yeah. just to cause trouble. He'd be that bully in the high school class that you all but he, hated. He would have a star role on the reality show. Yep. Everybody loves a villain. That's true. It'd be Scooter. All right, let's let's uh, let's hear from Lori, who actually read hers, and she did the trailer of the week. Hi, Jamie and Glenn. It's Lori, and I've got a trailer of the week, and I'm sending you the link, too, because you can't appreciate how funny the ad is without seeing the pictures. And you absolutely have to scroll through to the photo of the rear end. So anyway, this is a stock trailer. It was 800 Now it's reduced to 600 And condition is used good. 16-foot stock trailer. Want to fix her upper so you don't pay the money they want for an old stock trailers? Nice solid frame. It pulls down the road good. With new implement paint, this trailer will look better than a $4,000 trailer. Two new black fenders, new wood for the floor, and new metal roof for you to install. No title. 600 OBO. And yeah, right. Get your tetanus shots. Have a good one. Bye. Is that the dog squeaking the toy? I was, it's not my office. I was going to say Lori's office sounds like my office most of the time. But uh, it's very distracting. My oh, puppy's funny. sleeping, so it's not me, Glenn. <laughs> Lori, uh, will the, uh, so you see the pictures here, uh, Ashley, in the street. Oh. You know, uh, they solid frame question mark. It, it, it's there's holes in the in the fenders off the side. This thing is a rust bucket. And from the back, the t- the roof of this stock trailer looks like a tree fell on it or an asteroid hit it one of the two because it is completely smashed in the roof and there is nothing about this frame that's not rusted through plus it's gonna be hard to haul down the highway with all the flat tires it has so oh my god 
I can't it, believe it. It looks like a death trap. Yes. I'm going to be honest. I'm sorry. A little paint ain't going to help this one like this says in the ad. So take no, everything this, it says in the ad and discount it. This <laughs> Just, trailer needs Jesus. Yeah, it does. It's really bad. All right. Taylor sent in the next one. Mare Quarter Horse, $1,250. Indy is a Fort... 15.2 hand quarter horse mare, 12 years old, gentle, was told she knows N-O-E-S, barrel pattern, but cannot confirm, stands to tack, no buck, kick, rear, or stupidness. <laughs> That's well, the first I time mean, we've ever had stupidness in an ad. Nobody <laughs> just went and asked the mayor. Yeah. Uh, clearly, you just, excuse me, mayor. Yeah. Do you know the barrel pattern? <laughs> N-O-E-S. <laughs> That's funny. All right, your turn. Chloe sent in a ad. Looks like from oh, Facebook. By the way, good luck. This has no punctuation in it. Oh. You're going to have fun reading this one. <laughs> I gave this one to you on purpose. Two Wintech saddles. Two Wintech saddles. Black is show jumping. Brown all purpose. Both are in good condition. They have only been used four times and have a storage for nine years. They come <laughs> with two summer blankets and one winter. There is assortment of brushes. The price is four fifty for everything listed. Very good price as they need to go. No pay I'd unless you give you phone number pre-cash. Be quick. Won't last long. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So best I could tell is they got a horse for the kids. They bought two Wintex saddles about 10 years ago. The kids rode four times. They sold the horse and the Wintex saddles have been sitting in the barn ever since. They're probably going to need some cleaning. But the nice part is they're not leather. That's so they, right. Yeah, they won't be totally moldy. You can just hose them off. You'll be good to go. I mean, it is a deal. I'm going to be honest. Mm, it'd be help if we knew this, you know, actually what size they were and stuff, though. <laughs> I mean, minor details, Glenn. <laughs> All minor right, so details. Abby sent this one in, and you see the pictures. We won't tell you about the pictures until <laughs> after, but this is a first, too. Got a lot of firsts today. All right, here's a really bad ad. Uh, from Brevard County Equestrians Facebook group. That's Florida. Looking for your next love. Seven, and then it's capital Y-O, but I think it's for year old. Gelding, looking for his person. In grant, mid $2. And there's a photo of a horse by a campfire that's actively smoking. And, um, yeah, behind a chain link fence. <laughs> That's literally what this is. This horse is standing behind a chain link fence with a bon what's left over of a bonfire going right beside him. Maybe it's cold and he was trying to stay warm. Uh, we're showing that he's fireproof, obviously, <laughs> uh, you know, because we've seen, unfortunately, some some fires in the winter season. And this horse <laughs> is fire retardant, fire resistant. There's also a wheelbarrow with empty buckets in front of him. So he's not food aggressive, clearly. <laughs> Do you know, uh, we were talking about Scooter. Do you know what Scooter would be doing with that fire, don't you? He'd be pawing in it. Oh, oh God. my God. He would have thrown that wheelbarrow into the fire. Uh, it would be a dis Why do everybody else's horse stand by the fire and our mind would cause serious trouble? I just, you know, once she said Brevard County, I was like, of course, this is in Florida. In this is obviously yep. a Florida horse. <laughs> Definitely. Well, at least it's fenced. There's that. <laughs> Kelly sent this one in. <clears throat> this is Iberian Horse Society on Facebook, I guess. For sale, pure-blooded uh, Lusitan, L-U-S-I-T-A-N, Lusitan horse, 
Is that an actual? Can you look that up and see? Lusitano if is, I, I think, what they're trying to look say. up. Lusitan and see if you get anything. Okay, pure-blooded Lusitan horse, approximately one comma sixty m wide, with blue book. What? The work level is very well placed on the three walks, backups, backs up, does lateral work, swords, leg surrenders, and has passed the tour a few times. It's a horse that's great for beach, country, and road rides. Galagala also has done a few years. Galaga? I don't understand anything about this ad. It's like a whole different language. Excellent manners on your own and other horses or even mares. This horse is perfect for experienced and this horse is perfect for experienced and experienced people. Price video and more picks for real inquiries only inbox. So it was translated, I'm going to assume from Spanish. Yes, it had to be because this doesn't make any sense at all. And there's definitely no such thing as a Lusitan. It's supposed to be Lusitano. And one comma, 16 meters. I know that's how they do. They do. They put the comma instead right. of period over there. Um, but it's wide, not tall. Yeah, I, I thought of that too. I thought they measure them in width. And, and I love that he comes with a Kelly Blue Book. Yes, and also <laughs> something about swords. I'm not sure. What I, that's what got me. I'd love to see any <laughs> horse that can do anything with swords. <laughs> like you, I'm in. All right, there's the Iberian Horse Society if you're interested right there. Next up from Faye, this looks like a Facebook ad uh, from Columbus Horse People. I've gotten all my Ohio peeps in here in the new year. Seven-year-old bratty mare asking $3,500. Up to date on shots and coggins, barefoot, and gets trimmed every eight to nine weeks. $3,500 and a bratty mare don't go together. That's it. <laughs> we part. don't know what she does. <laughs> what we just kind know she she's is. a brat. What color? <laughs> nah, it's she's what just. What breed? Nope. We don't just care. I just want this brat. horse gone. <laughs> And I, and I need $3,500 because I spent too much at Christmas. Yes. Or I spent 5000 for this bratty mare, and now I just want it out of here. So <laughs> Diane sent the next one in. I don't know where it's from. Uh, oh, this is in New Park. I don't know where New Park is. Need to board your horse, cattle, pigs, or more? Oh, it just gives the monthly fees. So monthly fees for horses, self-care, 300 Cattle. Full care, $50 a month. Pigs, full care, $50 a month. Chickens? You can board your chicken? Chickens, full care, $3 a month. Ducks, full care, $3 a month. If you need any different type of animal that's listed above, please contact me. Mostly all animals are accepted upon negotiation. Who boards their chicken? I, are we doing an egg co-op? And if so, <laughs> yeah. I want a, an ROI on the my chicken's eggs. And who... Who gets the eggs? Do I get the eggs or does the person boarding the chickens get the eggs? Does, do they just sell all the eggs and then we I get a, a percentage of sales? I this need is, to know. Like Jamie always says, this is one I want to call. I just want to call and talk to Also, them if we call, I need to pretend that I need to board my lion. <laughs> or your llama or your – yeah. It's Elephant. negotiable. So – You have camels. You have three camels you want boarded. <laughs> That is wild. Also, if anyone's going to board their horse here, I'm sorry. Well, they'll be they'll be cattle, pig, chicken, and duck proof by the That's time they're true. done. Yeah, there it's you a go. Training opportunity right there. <laughs> <laughs> Next up from Brienne, we have 
maybe Craigslist. I'm not sure. This Woodruff area. Horse, $1,900. Mare, text with any questions, no calls. And there's a picture of two horses. One is a actually very beautiful Appaloosa and a paint. And they look like they're connected at the butt. So it actually looks like a two-headed horse. It does kind of. <laughs> and, and you don't know which one you're getting. It's a surprise. You don't get to see the front end either. This or These pictures of the back end of the horses. <laughs> so. Yeah, we're looking at the butts and then the heads are towards the fence. And so it's a grab bag. Either one is flashy, I'll say. One's yeah. a Tabiano. The other one's a really handsome Appaloosa, but... Nineteen hundred dollars. Yep, you, you don't get age. Surprise. You don't get which one. You don't get any. Are no details, sound? and you're Who not allowed knows? to call and ask either. Apparently, no, no, so, no, no, no. We don't allow that. <laughs> you also have the next one. Oh yay! Okay, this comes from Sean. Gentle horse wanted, wanting to trade. Those are in all caps, so I'm yelling because that's what all caps means. We are looking for a nice and gentle horse that is on the shorter side. Nothing over 18, please. Color not important. We are only wanting to trade. We would like to trade one, possibly two, for the right horse. If you have something that would work and you're possibly interested in one or two of our horses, please contact us. Please send info of your horse as well as pics. Please don't just ask for pics of our horses without including pics of what you want to trade. If you have one that you think will work, please send the info and pics. Your horse doesn't need to be finished as we have a good trainer, but must not be spooky and have good ground manners. Must not buck. Okay, this is exactly like the previous ad. We want you to trade your horses, but we're not going to tell you anything about ours. And, oh, don't call us. And and we're not going to just give you pictures for free. No. This is this is OnlyFans. We need, even... There needs to be something happening here. They're, we're not even going to tell you about our horses. But we'll give you two. Yeah, two of what? Yeah, who knows? The theme today for today's ads is we're not telling you anything, but come get it anyway. That's the thing for today. We can't get rid of these horses. Please, someone come get them. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody who submitted ads. You can, If you want to submit an ad and be included in the drawings or not, whatever, if you just want to do it for fun and help us out, we appreciate it. Send it to Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Remember, screenshots work better nowadays than actually sending links because the links are sometimes dead or Jennifer can't get to them. But we do appreciate the thousands of people over the years that have sent ads. I think we determined we've done, I forget what we said. It's tens of thousands of these ads over the years, and they never get old. They're always entertaining. It's the gift that keeps giving. It does. It does. So thank you for joining us today, too. We appreciate that. Auditors, hang on. Ashley and I are going to geek out a little bit about podcasting and what what results we saw from 2023 and podcasting in general. We're getting ready to go to PodFest, so we're thinking about this stuff. And uh, I'll talk about a little bit about what talk I'm giving at PodFest, too, because I don't think I've talked about that with the auditors yet. So I would uh, love if you'd join us in the auditor room post-show. Ashley would, too. Ashley, remind everybody what shows you do. 
I do sleep stories for equestrians where we're currently just about to wrap uh, Stormy Misty's Full. And you can also catch me over on the Show Jumping podcast with Christy McCormack. And that's brand new. Only had four episodes out. And if you're into jumping or not, uh, the show really does apply to to anybody. And they're, you're doing a great job with that show. So good job. Thank you. And it, you can remember the name. It's the Show Jumping podcast. That's right. We keep it easy around yeah. here. We, we don't get complicated <laughs> with naming stuff. Because then we'll forget. That's really that's why. Right. That's <laughs> right. that true, actually. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a, and, and Jamie will be back here on Monday. Hopefully, keep your fingers crossed.